0: It's the next
1: level. Hmm? Ah! Hmm. Huh. Hey! How did you know I'd be here?
2: Uh, your. your lawyer gave me the heads up. <laughs> he owed me one.
1: Thank you. You're saying what you did. You're welcome. You know, Jack, I've heard you say that story so many times. I'm starting to think you believe it.
2: I just... I just wanted to tell you that what I said in there... I didn't mean it. You want to follow me? Come by for a visit? Uh, I... I actually... Have to get over to the hospital, but um, maybe you and I could grab some coffee together or something.
1: I know why you don't want to see the baby, Jack. But until you do, until you want to,
2: there's no you and me going for coffee. But, um, if at any time you change your mind, come and see us.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Welcome to another episode of "We Have to Go Back: Lost Revisited" as we continue onward on our journey into the fourth season of the series. I'm Ben,
1: and I'm Kristen. This week we move forward with our discussion of season four, episode four, Egg Town, Huevos Town, <laughs> <laughs> Ciudad de Huevos. <laughs> um.
0: Oh god, that threw me off already. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we took a break last week after we just got done saying the week before we were going to be back every week. But you know what? It was a stressful time. This
1: week uh, was stressful, man. For, for and... the
0: for the entire country, it was stressful. So we on we we took what we call our anxiety hiatus. Uh. The world was waiting with bated breath to find out who was going to be the next president of the United States, and as we st- were we. <laughs> and and we still didn't find out until days after. So we Saturday. were Saturday. We had a little too much on our mind to to worry about recording. Mm-hmm. So we took a break.
1: hmm. I'm not sorry.
0: I'm not sorry either. I'm really not. <laughs> I, I love our listeners. I love recording with you. I'm not sorry that we took a break last week. No, it just. It was needed. It was I wouldn't have been able to concentrate properly. So I'm, I'm I apologize for nothing.
1: <laughs> I apologize so for nothing. You lose. <laughs> no suit for sir. you. No soup for you.
0: Uh But if you're not familiar with the podcast, just a quick heads up. This is a spoiler full podcast as we will be talking about things that have happened in the past and things that will be still be happening in the future of the series
1: nothing but spoilies
0: <laughs> but you know you know season four episode four Eggtown. i know you said you love this episode i'm not saying i hate this episode but it's it's one of those episodes I'm just very indifferent on. Like, I could take this episode. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a huge reveal that happens in this episode, but I didn't. Whereas last week I had a full page of notes, and next week's episode, I'm sure I'm going to have a full page of notes. I've maybe half a page this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, a, I like more straightforward episodes when it comes to this show i like when we get to learn stuff in the flash forwards um i really like that everybody is back to being their usual sucky selves in this episode (laughs) i mean really honestly like if like if we just want to like jump into it here kate's back to playing sawyer against jack by you know she's mad at Jack or she, so or she needs something so she uses Sawyer that's sucky. Locke is being manipulated by Ben that's sucky. Miles and Ben are doing some kind of dance between each other that's sucky. Uh, Jack is being a jerk to Son who's just asking pretty valid questions again sucky. Kate manipulates Hurley into seeing into seeing uh, Miles. Miles.
0: That's sucky. It's sucky, but it did get us one of my favorite lines of the of the episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say? You just <laughs> Scooby Dooed me.
0: <laughs> he said, "I wrote it down. You, you just totally Scooby Dooed me, didn't you?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the the prosecutor is, you know, going full tilt at Kate. That's sucky. You know, so it's just so funny because everybody just sucks in this episode. And you're not surprised by any of it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is how it's all supposed to be. Because everybody's been trying to be all heroic the last couple of of weeks. And you kind of get lulled into this sense of, oh, everybody's going to be like super awesome. And then it turns out, no, no,
0: it, it's kind of a this is the episode that proves that when it comes to these characters, a leopard can't change its spots. Right. You know who we've learned these people to be. I mean yes, I mean I don't now I don't want to say that because there're definitely things about some of these characters that have changed and will continue to change. Uh, you know Jack in particular, but it but it's it's the I guess a, a more truer sense of the form is to say that even even in our best times it's still possible to take two steps forward and one step back. Because this episode a lot of these characters did take that step backwards. Yeah. So, um I want to jump. I want to start with you know, since since you brought us into it, um, you know, when we talk about all these relationships I, and these dynamics that happen in this episode, I, I want to talk quickly about the Locke and Ben dynamic. Um, the
1: manipulation of Locke.
0: This this took us right back to Henry Gale. Oh, yeah. I I mean, this this is the same thing that Ben did when he was playing Henry Gale and he played Locke and Jack against each other. He it's further proof positive that Ben has Locke's number. He's in his head. He's never not been in his head. Locke has just thought he shook it and he never did.
1: No, I mean, you could even trace it as recently back to when they were all camped out and Henry or and Ben was manipulating Locke in front of the whole camp about his dad mm-hmm. and and everything like that, right? So I yeah, I agree. I mean he just Ben knows exactly which buttons to press because Ben has been in Locke's shoes before.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. He
1: knows the desperation that Locke feels and and Locke probably it's it's Ben and Locke are probably having a a touch of imposter syndrome too, like both of them maybe have not felt like they deserve to be in that position that they were thrust into. But at the same time, they don't want to lose that grip of the of the little power that they feel that they have.
0: Yeah. And it makes it interesting, too, because when we a little bit later on down the road, I think it's into season five again, diving into spoiler spoiler territory, that dynamic completely flips the script, but we also find out at that time that it's not Locke; it's somebody else in mm-hmm. Locke's form. So when the script is flipped, it, it it makes you realize that Locke never shakes this. In his time, he he never gets out from under ben.
1: I'm just not entirely sure either that Locke is who he is who he was. Now, I mean, yes, he's still Locke. Locke isn't you know, quote unquote dead yet. But at the same time, he is definitely different since being left shot in the pit of the purge. Um, I don't think I, I, yeah. Wait, you said he's not different. He is definitely different. How do you think he's different? Um, well, he's very unforgiving to Kate for one. He's got a real dictatorship mentality to him. Um, he's he's not acting with the group in mind. And I feel that he had been acting with the group in mind for the first three seasons.
0: Well, I look I look at it as excuse me. I look at it as in, you know, when you when you look at the somebody stuck between the balance of good and evil. Like you have good on one side, pulling you in one direction. You have evil on the other, pulling you in another Locke is stuck in a balance of evil and evil. He's got one evil pulling him in one direction and he's got another evil pulling him in another. Mm -hmm. He's got Ben pulling him in one direction, manipulating him and playing him from one side. And then on the other side, you have the man in black who's taking the form of Waltz and taking the form of the cabin and Jacob and everybody else. And he's pulling him in a completely other direction. You have two different types of evil playing against each other and using Locke as their pawn. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, I mean, you're right. I mean, he's definitely a a little bit darker of a character because Mm -hmm. he's unforgiving against Kate, as you mentioned. But at the same time, you've got Ben, who's still completely under his skin. I mean, when, when Locke walks away with the breakfast, she closes the door and then slams the plate against the wall. Like the look on Ben's face, he's got that court that that smirky smirk, you know, as in like, yeah, I've got him like, he's yeah, still no, on the line.
1: Right. And, and he totally is. But I just think that there's a marked change in him. And I actually as we're talking about this, I just looked up at my computer screen and the thing that totally caught my eye, which kind of confirms what I'm saying is that when Locke is playing backgammon against Sawyer, he's playing with the black pieces this time. And before he was playing with the white pieces. Ooh,
0: That's a good pickup. I didn't pick up on that.
1: So that is a marked difference in Locke. And it it looks like it was um, intentional.
0: Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that. That's a good pickup.
1: And for him to for him, to me, for him to just look at Kate without even having Kate explain herself, which she had a perfectly rational explanation of needing to talk to Miles. She was panicking about what she was going back into in the real world. If she were to leave the island, you know, she stands up, she goes, listen, Locke, the reason why And he goes, no, you're not welcome here anymore. You got to go. And it's like,
0: (sighs) well, even earlier on before that, when he says, like, you seem to think this is a democracy like that's that's the man in black side pulling it, pulling it lock. Yeah, like it's that's the influence of the man in black, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the shape and form of Walt, who, you know, basically said, like, your time's not done. That's mm-hmm. so you you see both sides of wh- who's tugging at lock in this episode. That's the influence of the man in black. And then mm-hmm. you have Ben, who is the other influence, who is much more apparent because he's physically there. Yeah. The man in black is playing from the shadows.
1: Yeah. But you know what? They're both equally sneaky cuz Ben Ben is so good at playing his uh his different sides. He's good to playing uh playing with empathy and he's good by um making himself out to be a victim when he's not a victim when he mm-hmm. is playing kind of like a 4D chess game right he's he's a couple moves ahead but he acts like he's really playing a losing side in a losing game
0: well if you if you if you look at things a little further too you know jumping a little bit further ahead into i can't remember if it's this season or next season when we when we witness it you have one side tugging at lock you have the other side tugging at lock as well but the man in black is not only the man in black is much smarter mm-hmm. he's he's tugging at lock on one side while ben is tugging on lock at the other but the man in black is also using ben to his advantage as well right because well the man if,
1: in black has a bigger picture of everything mm-hmm. right much like jacob has a bigger picture of everything
0: because if it's not if not for ben killing Locke, which we'll see later, mm-hmm. the man in black, it's it's basically. He tugs at Locke just enough that Ben tugs back in the other direction, causing Ben to kill Locke, mm-hmm. thinking that was to Ben's advantage. But in the end, it's to the man in black's advantage because the man in black then takes the form of Locke. hmm. And when that happens, the dynamic between Locke and Ben completely changes because even though Locke's body is in the picture, Locke is not. Right. It, Locke is no longer in the picture. Right. It cuts out the middle middleman, but yet Locke is still there. It's so so it, crazy. It makes sense when we get to it, but yeah, you know, yeah. It's. Did you
1: ever see Parks? You, you're you're Parks and Recreation. Love Parks yeah, and Rec, right? Love Parks. So and do Red. you remember? Do you remember in the last season when um.
0: When, <laughs> with with Tammy go, and and
1: Jam no 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 oh. when uh when when Leslie looks at Ben and goes no the season the series finale <laughs> of of Game of Thrones is on and Khaleesi's marrying Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow that show's really gotten off the rails and it makes sense if, you, makes read sense the books. if you read the books <laughs> Just yeah feel like when shows like tend to like really kind of really push the boundaries of of what's happening, you know, in in their little universe that they've created, that there's people that are always going to be like, look, man, it makes sense if you just stick with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, to anybody who's listening. Game of Thrones is a
1: dumpster fire, by the way,
0: (laughs) (laughs) to anybody who's listening right now, who either is a new watcher to the show, but is okay with spoilers or is somebody who hasn't watched the series in a while and is listening to us talk about this and be like, I don't remember any of this. What are you talking about? Stick with it, because it's it's all keep in mind what we're saying. It's yeah. all going to come back into play.
1: Khaleesi is going to marry Jack Sparrow. Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: it's, it's <laughs> apparently, according to America, it's better than Amber Heard. So uh, yeah. Um, it's, um, I don't know what to think about him out of Fantastic Beasts. But anyway, that's, we're, we're getting off track because um, I like Johnny Depp.
1: I have a thought about that, though.
0: We'll talk about that later. OK. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, this whole Ben and Locke dynamic is, is never not interesting. It, it just continues on. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the man in black is already playing a part in this whole dynamic, but he's doing it from the shadows because we still haven't met him yet. There are elements that we think are Jacob that are true, that are the man in black. And then there are some elements that are Jacob that are actually Jacob as to which ones they are. As a first time viewer, you have no idea because you don't even know the man in black even exists yet at this point.
1: That's right. That's very, very you have true. No
0: idea. He even exists. Well, you've seen him. You just don't know. You've seen him. You don't know who he is. You've seen him in different forms already. At least by theory, like the form of Christian Shepherd, the form of the Black Horse, the form mm-hmm. of the of the pig, uh the the smoke monster.
1: The is... actor who eventually plays him too is a pretty well known actor.
0: Yeah, he's he's a well known character actor. So is the character so is the actor that plays Jacob. He's in Deadwood. He's also in Supernatural. He played And he's fun- in Deadwood. Funny enough, he played uh Lucifer in in Supernatural. I can see that. Yep. So um, where do you want to go? Uh,
1: well, I kind of, well, I guess, yeah, maybe it is my turn. So um, <laughs> duh, 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 duh. so I noticed that there were um, there was, you know, kind of a, a theme this this episode. And it seemed to kind of revolve around this like lack of communication between all these different people. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got. Jack, who is refusing to talk to son to give her vital information. You've got miles that doesn't want to tell Kate anything unless he can get information from Ben and Ben doesn't want to give information to miles unless Miles, you know, like there's a, um, some kind of un unspoken, agreement being happened for 3.2 million dollars
0: right? 3.2 and and then the interesting part of you know why not 3.3 why not 3.4 i i don't know the answer to that question
1: i i remember i remember the answer to that question so, so
0: there is an answer as to why it's 3.2 it's a
1: very specific number okay. for a very specific reason okay. um there is um there's the lack of communication with Locke and everybody else uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's just a lot of people that want to play everything. Everybody wants to play the solo game right now. But if everybody were to just play the, um, you know, community play, things would be going a lot better. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like they they need to. You're right. I mean, they, they've they they've become selfish. At
1: this point. Oh, and then you also have, sorry, I had to look at my notes. You also have the lack of communication to the audience about who Kate's son is until the very end when you realize that it's Aaron. And and you have that weird what the fuck moment at the end where you're like, uh-huh. Um, and then you have the lack of communication between Kate and Kate's mom, which, um, which is a whole thing all in itself i mean kate's mom ends up not testifying anyways so you know she decides that she has health issues but you know they hadn't spoken i think until before the plane crash if i'm not mistaken
0: oh yeah it, it, it was because kate was still on the run the last right. time the last time she even says it in the episode the last time she spoke her, to her mom her mom was screaming for help
1: and that was in the hospital right that was
0: in the hospital when yeah. her mom was Basically dying at that point. And surprise, surprise, her mom is still alive. And her mother even says, like, they gave me months to live. And that was years ago. Six months to live four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Which brings up an interesting fact. And I and I an interesting note. And I hope you don't mind me jumping in with this because there's been a number. There's been a couple of different things that have brought this note to my mind. What's the timeline here? Because you mean,
1: like. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Like, I mean, and I don't know if it's ever explained. How long have they been off the island at this point?
1: Well, Aaron's age definitely says that it's been over a year. It's I think it's
0: been at least two, to be honest.
1: Uh, I don't know. Aaron could be about 18 months old. That big. Yeah. And he's already speaking like and he's not he's speaking clearly. He just says, hi, mommy.
0: Yeah, but to me, like I'm, I'm thinking he's got to be at least three at this point.
1: No, that is not a three-year-old. You don't think? No, no.
0: All right. So, uh, so then it's got to so, be. They they, they have are, to have been off the series at least. They have to off the series. Um, they have to have been off the island probably for about a year.
1: Because they were court, off the island, court
0: proceedings do not happen in a matter of days after. After. Everything after she returns
1: Well and how long was she in jail?
0: And that's the other thing they don't explain because when she returns home
1: and who had her kid the whole time?
0: Well there was a housekeeper
1: uh, okay it, but it, it is it weird that it like that Hurley didn't take Aaron or Jack didn't take Aaron or I mean this is Aaron this is Claire's kid you know what I mean you left Claire's kid with a housekeeper?
0: Well, because I think that was, and I think that becomes part of the story of the story they tell is that I think it's meant to, I see, I don't remember. And why is it son?
1: Like son could have taken Aaron. You know what I mean? I understand that we need all of the reveals in the order in which they, they're presented, but come on. Like, uh, it just, that bothers me because that's Claire's kid and any number of the Oceanic Six would come to take Claire's kid while Kate had to fix this.
0: Well, I mean, to see, and that's the thing about it, too, is if I remember correctly, Aaron isn't even confirmed to be part of the Oceanic Six until the finale.
1: Oh, well, the- see. I would have assumed it, though.
0: Well, but see, that's the other thing, too, that becomes confusing is because there are more than six people off the island at this point. We yeah. have, the, we have. I mean, we're, we're going to see Desmond next week. Um, we know that Ben is off the island. We know that Locke is off the island. Um, so who the true Oceanic Six yet are at this point is the only confirmed ones oh. are the ones who have said, I'm one of the Oceanic Six,
1: which okay, are but only Jack, one Kate, of them and Said. Only one of the three that you just mentioned are um, were even on the plane. Locke was on the plane. Ben and Desmond were not. So they could have gotten off the plane. Who cares?
0: But again, they could have also pretended to have been on the plane.
1: They had a manifest.
0: Uh, This is true. You make a valid point. Thank you for proving sorry. I'm sorry, right. I'm no, sorry to, I, no no
1: no. I'm sorry to interrupt, but watching one of your cats slowly paw and get scared of and eventually jump into a cardboard box behind <laughs> you is just hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be Aurora. I see her.
1: She's just like, um, I don't maybe it's not a window, so I don't know. Well, because
0: the box tends to sit at the edge of the couch and tends to fall over a lot as yeah. a more heftier pain in the ass cat tries to jump into it she tells me murphy, to flip it murphy is wonderful
1: you shut your mouth
0: you can have her
1: no i, I i'm not taking any more animals <laughs> well then don't right say now. she's
0: wonderful if you're not willing to take her
1: anyway <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean it's cat corner it's
0: it, you know it's i don't know there's there's a lot of stuff that, that is a little confusing to me with this. The timeline, as I mentioned, is a little confusing. Um, and yeah, I don't know.
1: No, well, I agree. I mean, we don't really know the timeline. We don't really know what long game anybody is playing other than Ben's trying to stay alive and Locke needs answers. Um, you know, I, I I don't really appreciate Jack's... Um, I don't appreciate Jack's leadership during this episode. I think that him not being honest and open with the, with people that ask him valid questions. I think it's a bad move. Uh, I think that it proves that he hasn't really learned anything lately and he should have learned the lesson that maybe he should trust the people that are around him. I think Locke is a big dick. This episode. The big dick is Big dick. This episode. Dick, this episode. <laughs> I mean, you just want to punch him in the face for most of this episode. Um, you know, and I also, you know, by Locke saying, Hey, these are the last two eggs, and then he kills a chicken. I'm like, Well, of course they're the last two eggs. Just killed a chicken. Yeah,
0: you you just eliminated the possibility of getting any more eggs.
1: That was ridiculous. So I think that proves that he's not that he's not playing a long game right now. He's playing, you know, by him killing that chicken to me kind of signifies that he's all over the map. He's not thinking big picture. He's not thinking long term. He is just thinking about the here and now. And how can he um, hang on to the power and the leadership that he thinks he has right now?
0: Yeah, because I mean, you're right. He's he's playing a short game when the long game is what should be played. Because if you're at this, if you're at this area because mm-hmm. you're hiding out because you don't want to be found by these people on the freighter, even though they've already found you as yeah. as, as proven by miles being with you, <laughs> uh, you know, for a fact, they're going to try and come and rescue miles. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're playing a short game when the long game is what should be played. Why would you kill the chicken when you had two eggs left? Yeah. I, and I love like how I it all comes down to why would you kill the chicken? Yeah. Like that's the, just
1: killing the chicken is playing the short game. Yep. Leaving the chicken alive for eggs in the future is playing the long game. That's
0: why it always pisses me off every time I watch Survivor and they win chickens like they'll win like two or three chickens and they'll be like, "Yay, we're having chicken tonight. And I'm like, no, you dumbasses! You keep the chickens alive. So you have eggs for breakfast mm-hmm. like every other morning. Like eggs are more protein than that damn chicken. Like you, you're people playing are sh- stupid. You're, you're playing a short game when mm-hmm. like you're eating the chicken when you should be saving the eggs because you have a a game that lasts 30 days and a chicken exactly. will last you one. Right. Like stupid. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's 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 just ridiculous. But you're right. He play he's playing a short game when it should be a lot more. Um I want to well, let me see. We already talked about Kate's mom surviving, so I can scratch that off. Um, we'll talk more about we could talk more about the, the actual courtroom, the stuff that happens in the court. Um, but one of the things I want to bring up real quick before we dive into more of the Kate courtroom stuff and, and everything else is and, and Miles. Um, there's always literary references in these episodes. They do such a great job at hiding, not even hiding, but just subtly putting in these literary references mm-hmm. that every time I see a book, I always look into the book.
1: Always uh, look. What it. was the book that he gave Ben?
0: Well, see, that's not the book I looked into. Okay. I looked into the book that um, Sawyer was reading.
1: Uh, wow, what was, was Sawyer reading?
0: Which was much more interesting. Um, I'm trying to find... Oh, here it is. Uh, He was reading a book called The Invention of Moral. Moral spelled M-O-R-E-L. The mushroom? I don't know. But here's the plot. It's very interesting. The plot of the book... A fugitive hides on a deserted island somewhere in Polynesia. Tourists arrive and his fear of being discovered becomes a mixed emotion when he falls in love with one of them. He wants to tell her his feelings, but an anomalous phenomenon keeps them apart. That's basically Kate at this point. I love it. And that is absolutely Kate because she is a fugitive on the run. She's hiding on the island. Miles and these other tourists are the ones that have come into it. Sawyer and Jack is the love story that's going on between them. And it, it drives the whole plot forward of Kate trying to find out for miles what they know about her. Like, so, you couldn't have found a more perfect book to kind of throw in there with this story.
1: Yeah. So the uh, invention of moral on the wiki says uh, the same thing. Stories about a fugitive who hides on a deserted island. Later, he accounts, uh, encounters people that appear and disappear randomly, uh, repeating actions. These people don't exist. They're merely very lifelike recordings re- reproduced by a machine. The people are actually dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, I, st- I try and stay away from the wiki, but uh, I do because I know you don't. I like the wiki. I know you. Anything I don't find that's on the wiki, um, I know you'll find it. So that's why I leave it alone. But anytime I see a book, I always look into that book now because it it means something. It may not mean it may not be important to the story, but it's always related to the story.
1: So did you look up the book that Locke gave to Ben? I did, but I don't remember
0: seeing it as as significant.
1: Yes, it's Valis by Philip K. Dick, who also wrote, for those of you who don't know, Man in the High Castle. Uh, it's an acronym for Vast Active Living Intelligence System, uh, which is the author's Gnostic version, vision of one aspect of God. Uh, Valis is about the search for God who turns out to be an organism projected into our minds by an orbiting mechanical intelligence in order to manipulate humans.
0: Manipulation. There we go. <laughs> and and it's funny and, and, and again like it, it's brilliant at the same time that Sawyer is the one reading that book with Kate and Ben is the one reading that book given to him by Locke like these are the two stories that relate to their what's to going them. on with those characters mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I I love it it's I love when they do stuff like that yeah it's one of the reasons why this show is still one of my favorite shows like of all time I love it and it becomes more interesting now because I never did this deep of a dive before this podcast.
1: Right. Nobody did.
0: No. So now that I'm, I'm getting it even more, then it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I love it. And I love the fact, too, another another reference that they, they use a little bit, um, and I believe this one's actually on the wiki because I just, I just saw it because I have the wiki up right now, um, is the fact that they keep going to Patsy Cline for music.
1: Killed in a plane crash.
0: Killed in a plane crash. Yep. I, I just, it's so good. Um,
1: oh, let's talk about, let's talk about the other surprise of the episode.
0: The other surprise of the There were the two e-
1: surprises. One of them was that Aaron was Kate's uh, quote unquote son. And the other one is that the helicopter has not shown up to the freighter.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. And I think I have, oh yeah, the chopper hasn't arrived. I have that as a note. Let's talk about that.
1: Well, it's interesting to me that how surprised Daniel and Charlotte are well, with that information.
0: I and I and this goes back to something we talked about before is because I don't think there's any, I, I don't really think they're as shady as some of the other characters are. I think that they're genuinely surprised.
1: 100%. 100% yeah. agree with you. However, Daniel just just completed a um, an experiment Mm -hmm. with the payload being dropped and the time difference. So it's weird to me that he wouldn't immediately try to do those math equations to figure out, well, maybe they were supposed to arrive at this time.
0: Well, and he was the one that also told them, make sure you stick to this heading. Mm hmm. Because he knows that there's some kind of anomaly going on, right? So you're right. For him to still be surprised about that, like he of all people should know. Oh, there's something going on,
1: right? And maybe the next episode they'll address that. But I mean, of course, well, we I think they I, they, I they, think do they do end up yeah. on the freighter, but um, I don't know. It's just really, well, really.
0: If I remember correctly, ne- the, the, the next episode we're going to talk about, which is the constant, which is Desmond, is him having is him jumping in and out of time while he's on the chopper. Right. So, yeah. he's going to start experiencing a lot of things that are happening with this. It's going to be our first big introduction to whatever this anomaly is that's causing differences, fluctuations in time.
1: Well, and we still need to meet uh, Kevin Johnson.
0: Well, that's not for I think 2 weeks.
1: I know, but okay. you know, I'm I and, just want to I just want to say
0: And one of the reasons why I'm really looking forward to talking about next week too is this week's episode when you look at the IMDb ratings it's like an 8.1. Next week's episode the constant is a 9.7.
1: Okay, let's just talk about the fact that all Desmond centric episodes are, are are basically it's like um like like a Game of Thrones battle episode, like yeah. you know it's going yeah. to be good. <laughs> yeah,
0: because there's always with Desmond-centric episodes. There's there's Desmond for starters, which is a fan favorite character.
1: Woohoo!
0: There is always mystery of some mm-hmm. kind, and there's always a romantic element to it as well. Because no, yeah, story he ticks all the
1: boxes. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, So, yes, I'm I'm looking forward to to that as well. But you're right. The the helicopter not arriving was something that was kind of subtly thrown in there because Mm -hmm. it's not really they don't do a deep dive into it into this episode Mm -hmm. because they know next week is the deep dive. Yep. (laughs) So for for people that works so well for listeners.
1: I know. I know. (laughs) i'm so
0: just mimicked her hand going down into a
1: dove (laughs) after after i said deep dive um i want those those who know know that i did that that's true yeah So, Uh, so jill knows
0: i want to um i i love real this is just a quick line i i make a note of um when Sawyer is lying in bed reading the book and Kate comes in and Sawyer is desperately trying to get Kate to move in. Like he wants her to stay and he- he's trying his best to do it. And he's like, you-, you know, you can stay in my house. And then you hear the toilet flush and we get a new Hurley nickname when he's like, OK, me and Montezuma's."
1: Out. I love that. That was so apropos, <laughs> especially for anybody our age.
0: Uh, the Montezuma's rage is just... When he calls him Montezuma, I was cracking up. Like, that was so damn good.
1: Well, and then uh, he called Miles Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee in the Boathouse. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> uh, leave it to Sawyer to have a nickname with such alliteration at the same time.
1: Well, Bruce and Lee he's in the boat just house. this, like, really crass, borderline racist guy. But <laughs> you just, you sit there and you're like, why Dude. do I love you so much? <laughs> Bru-
0: Bruce Lee in the Boathouse, to quote Andy Dwyer. New band name. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a good band name, Bruce Lee in the Boathouse.
1: Who are you going to go see this weekend? Oh, I'm uh, so excited. I'm going to go see Bruce Lee in the Boathouse.
0: Bruce Lee in the Boathouse is opening for Mouse Rat. I love it. And a pocket full of Hurleys. <laughs> 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 oh god so what else do we have left to talk about um ooh, you know what i want to talk about this real quick since we were talking about daniel and charlotte um might as well bring this up now uh let's talk about the card game
1: oh yeah so i i gotta tell you i was really confused on this
0: Well, because it seems like there's almost an element of I I don't know if they ever end up exploring this further or if this is only in this episode, Mm -hmm. but it almost seemed to me at this point, like the writers were trying to reincorporate what was going on with Walt and they were going to use Daniel as the new storyboard to do it.
1: Uh... But they never followed
0: through with it. Um.
1: I, Gosh, I wish that they would have gotten an older kid to play Walt. I would have really liked to have seen how that storyline was supposed to end up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that could have been the case. we had they were they were developing something with walt they unfortunately had to pull it from the show because of the age of the actor um and they couldn't bring the actor back in let's
1: hire a kid on the cusp of a huge puberty growth spurt
0: (laughs) yeah for a show that's supposed to run six seasons but take place over 120 days
1: yep sounds smart to me book it
0: um but it it almost seems like this they were trying to maybe see if they could toy with the idea of using daniel to be the new walt because it was charlotte basically testing his his maybe esp skills because he w- he was trying to predict the cards and he ended up getting two out of three right hmm. so but i don't if I, I don't remember if this is something they ever continue with i don't think they do I don't think this is ever brought up again.
1: So, okay. On the wiki, it says Faraday displays some form of memory loss when tested with playing cards. He paused a long time before recalling his name when he first landed on the island. Do you remember that?
0: I vaguely do.
1: So... Uh, he was chastised by miles for not remembering that Naomi gave the distress code. Tell my sister, I love her. And he didn't know why he was crying when eight 15 was found. Okay. Um,
0: so maybe this wasn't an ESP test. Maybe Charlotte had shown him what the cards were well, and, and he just had to remember them. It was a memory we- test.
1: I mean we learn a lot about Daniel Faraday over the next couple of seasons. He's a he's a really really interesting character. He's one of he as you know, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, Daniel's
0: not going anywhere.
1: Yeah. I but the more you learn about him, the more you realize that he has been on this island before he has mm-hmm. some he has some very deep connections to this island to the story to the people that run everything um it Wait, is has daniel been on the island before well charlotte kind has of, kind of kind of
0: he well yeah we're entering into that confusion area because he's he technically has been there before but he hasn't been there yet
1: right well and it his mother has a very weird connection not only to this island but to daniel himself i think she knows a lot about him and what he's going to do what he's capable of, blah, 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 his whole life, which is and and we get a lot of backstory on Daniel, which is great because the more you learn about him, the more you realize that it's not surprising that his memory is so jumbled up because I think that he's been through he's a brilliant mind, but he's a brilliant mind that's been manipulated by his mom Mm -hmm. a lot.
0: So I I, and you know what? Thinking about this now, I don't I don't mean to to jump in. No, 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 um, please do. think about this now, it it makes total sense now why these freighterites, whatever you want to call them, um, are so dynamic and some of your favorite characters. Because when you look at them, their backstories are amazing
1: amazing. Like,
0: like you don't realize it. you still don't know it yet at this point, but you mm-hmm. don't realize how connected all three of these people are to this island already. Yeah, I, I mean jumping into spoiler mode, you know, you have Daniel who's going to spend a significant time on the island before he even gets to the island. <laughs> you have you have Charlotte and actually, um, yeah, and his mother was somebody who spent significant time on this island.
1: Yeah, you could say significant.
0: You have Charlotte, who was raised and came up on the island when yeah. she was a child. And you have Miles, whose father was one of the lead people in the Dharma Initiative on the island. Yep. Like, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, it just makes total so much more total sense now thinking about it and putting all the pieces together why these are some of your favorite characters and why they're so dynamic of characters. And we yeah. haven't, and as a first-time and, and viewer, the, and the we actors, haven't even scratched the surface yet.
1: And the actors, they get to play these characters are perfection. Yep. Perfection. I wanted uh, the the actor that plays Miles, I wanted him, like, I wanted him to be in, uh, cat anybody that knows the Divergent books, uh, the leader of Candor, uh, the way that he was described and the way that he was um, was written in the books, I just thought that the actor that played Miles would have been perfect for that role. And what's funny is that they chose. Um, ev- everything is leaving my brain today. They, they chose Jin <laughs> instead so okay. I was like I was like you guys got so close. <laughs> well, you know, and it's You got too. you got the same show. <laughs>
0: every every time I see Rebecca Mader, I always get that urge to go back and rewatch once upon a time. Once
1: upon a time, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Cuz she played the Wicked that. Witch.
1: Yeah, I'm watching that with uh with my daughter right now. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I actually, I, I
0: watched that show when it was on, and I thought I, I found it interesting. Like I kept continuing to watch it, and then I think I stopped after the Wizard of Oz stuff. Um, oh no, I, I think I, I cut out when they started doing the Frozen stuff. Not uh, because I didn't like it, but because I just I kind of fell out of it.
1: I, I want to go after back to the Underworld season. Okay. I was just like, yeah, okay. Blech. But you
0: but when you watch that show, there's so many lost veterans that come into that show. So
1: many. Well, yeah. And I it's mean, oh, such a good show. Jorge Garcia a is such a good show.
0: Jorge Garcia comes in as the giant.
1: He does. Said isn't it?
0: He plays Jafar.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Yep. Um, Emily Duravin is Bell.
1: Like it's she's fantastic as Belle too.
0: Yeah. That's a show I, I think I, I really I really want to go back and rewatch at some point.
1: Oh, you want to go
0: back. Ooh, maybe, it? We, maybe we should do that when this is over. I love that show because it's a lot of the same actors. It's so fun and it's so fun. I think we I think we might have found what show we're going to go back to.
1: Well, when let's this is finish over. this show. 1st <laughs> yeah,
0: Let's finish Lost at this point.
1: Because, it's well, been because three years.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, and because Once Upon a Time is also another one of those viewer dynamic shows that were you know that people loved it as it started and then fell off towards like towards the middle and the end. There were just so we
1: want to just cover all the shows that everybody like eventually stopped watching. <laughs> yes. That sounds like the greatest podcast ever. I know, right?
0: <laughs> and then like and just like Lost, the the series finale was so dynamic in that you loved it or you hated it. So ooh, I, I
1: never that. saw the series finale Neither did once I. upon a time.
0: I just heard a bunch. Oh, okay. um, I like the idea of maybe doing Once Upon a Time as our next show. I like it. Yeah, I love it. Or um, justified. Or just. Oh well. See, that wouldn't be a we have to go back for me because I have to watch that.
1: It's so good. Okay, same with de- same with
0: Deadwood. Um, where do you want to go? What do you got left? I'm done. You're done. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about uh the trial and uh the Aaron reveal the the Aaron reveal and dynamic because there's some confusion here when Kate is in the courtroom and the lawyer wants to that wants to bring in Aaron she flat out says like you're not bringing in my son so it's very apparent at this point that it's been no, it's been revealed to the rest of the world that Aaron is Kate's son, not Claire's.
1: Well, but it, and
0: that becomes part of the story that they tell themselves that they're going to tell. As well.
1: But it becomes it becomes it's not until the end of the episode that we really know that it's Aaron. We just think Kate has a son.
0: Well, you know what I find a little interesting about this too is there's a little bit of hypocrisy in Kate in this episode when it comes to that. Is because when Jack is brought up onto the stand and he tells that story, yeah, about. You know how she helped rescue people. There were eight of us. Only six of us survived. And then we get that moment where Kate, where she's released. She makes the deal. She leaves out the back and Jack shows up and she says to Jack, you've told this story so much. I think you're starting to believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, You're telling the same story about Aaron. That I that like maybe you're starting to believe that Aaron is actually your son. Oh, yeah. It's a little hypocritical of Kate at this point to to point the finger at Jack when she's doing the same thing with Aaron.
1: But don't you think that she's kind of been left kind of holding the bag when it comes to Aaron? I mean, as far as we could tell, she's had no support from anybody else. Everybody has scattered.
0: Is she left holding the bag or has she taken the bag on her by herself?
1: Well, Jack won't come and visit. And she said, we're not going to be going out for coffee. I know why you don't want to go to the house. You're going to have to go to the house. You're going to have to see him.
0: True. But I think I think for I think for Jack, that's i think the reason why jack is doing that though and this is going back again to the you've told the story so many times you're starting to believe it Uh i i think that i I think by not going to visit aaron that's him actually keeping a piece of reality exposed i think the moment he goes i think jack believes that the moment he goes to see aaron and he sees that aaron is with kate then this story is solidified and the story he's been telling is actually real,
1: but we know that eventually they end up living together
0: for a short period. Yeah, um, and then which again, the timeline. I mean, yeah,
1: what is that time? Like
0: we we <laughs> it has to be at least a year at this point that they've been off the island. That Kate Court that Kate's courtroom is in there, but yet when you look at everything we know so far, we also know that Jack and Kate end up getting together and living together yeah. and then we also know that Jack has a complete mental nervous breakdown yeah and so there's still so much more to this story to tell yeah, We're not than we, off the island it was before not they beardy even go Jack. back
1: it was not beardy Jack.
0: So if there's still so much more. And then where does the whole Jack is living on his own when the whole Hurley episode happens? Where does that fall into play when it comes to the off the island timeline?
1: I think it's time to make a chart, Ben. I think
0: it might be. Or at least see if there's one online somewhere.
1: Well, I'm sure there are many.
0: Yeah, but which ones are right?
1: Well, that's, I guess, our job to find out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The only other thing I have a note of uh, and this is going into the whole going back to the whole Jack thing. Is man the grenade in Miles's mouth?
1: That was so fucked up. It Excuse was, my language. That was so fucked. up. That's the most yeah. crazy thing I've seen Locke do. It
0: was. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen him do. It was fucked up. But at the same time, I hate to say it, totally badass. Like, like. If you need to shut Miles up, that's the way to do it. that's the way to do it. Yeah,
1: apparently that's the only way to do it.
0: Yeah. And and it and it worked because he ain't gonna open his mouth now for until Jack comes until Locke comes back. Or somebody. Yeah. So, and, and the, for the life of me, again, like this is one of those things we talked about before. There's so much more that happens in the seasons when it comes to three, f- when it comes to four, five, and six, that it's harder to remember what happens. I, for the life of me, don't remember how miles gets out of that situation.
1: No. Yeah. Me neither. I
0: don't remember if Locke comes back. I don't remember if somebody gets the pin from Locke and takes it to my, I don't remember, but I kind of like that now. Yeah, because yeah. as I'm rewatching, I like re-remembering things I had forgotten. Yeah. The first three seasons are very memorable. So we remembered a lot. But now we're into that part where we're going to start re-remembering things we had forgotten. And I like it. That's what yeah, I like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I totally agree.
0: Um, That's it. That's all I got on my end, too.
1: Yay. So,
0: um, All right. I think we ended up spending a little more time on this than I thought we were going to, which is good. Yeah. I like when we do that. Me. Too. Uh, next week's going to be fun, though. Uh, the constant is going to be is just a great episode. It's such a good episode.
1: Maybe we should ask Des to be on it with us.
0: I know he's a fave. I know he's a fan of that episode, too.
1: Speaking of Des.
0: Yeah, let's get into the feedback because I know he, he dropped us some nice segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. So we Proud have we've got, some, we've got some feedback from our friends Des and Steve. Uh, before we do that, let's tell you how you can leave us feedback though, for anybody who's interested. then uh, there are multiple ways. First, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited.
1: We are on Twitter at lost revisit pod. We are on Instagram at lost
0: revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com.
1: And if you want to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Nice.
0: Uh, so, yeah, so let's get into it. I sent that over to you. I haven't read it. Uh, I as I uh, often do, I try not to listen to or read the feedback before uh, we post it or before we talk about it on the show. So uh,
1: I'll turn it over to you. OK. Hey, guys, this is Des <laughs> trying to channel my inner Des here. Your inner Des. OK, Eggtown, kind of a slow episode, but a great performance from Evangeline Lily. Also, no one can rock a filthy tank top or an expensive suit like Evangeline. <laughs> so I was trying to find some deep meaning to the title. Maybe a uh, something literary or philosophical. Nope. According to the wiki, it was named for Ben's Breakfast and Kate's Fertility. <laughs> this was kind of the end of the Kate and Sawyer and Drack triangle. Sawyer is pretty much done with her running to him whenever she gets mad at Jack. John is a dick this entire episode. <laughs> totally agree.
0: Yep, we agree.
1: Tell me I'm wrong. No, nope. I can't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Two things about the flash forward bother me. First of all, shut up, Kate. Her lawyers seem pretty confident that he could have gotten her less time on probation. Let him do his job. Also, she can't leave California. So, after the finale, spoilers, when the plane with the survivors lands. Was she arrested on the spot? Did she spend the rest of her life in prison? That's about all I got. Next week's episode, the constant. It's awesome. Can't wait. Sent for my iPhone. And Xanadu is probably is one of the most underrated movies of the (laughs) 1980s.
0: (laughs) I've never seen Xanadu. Me neither. Yeah. So I cannot attest to that that statement, but I will I will take your word for it. Uh, How how was my desk? It was good. (laughs) It was was good. Uh, All right. That leaves us our feedback from our buddy, Steve Brown. So I will go ahead and play that now.
2: Hello, Kristen and Ben. This is Steve. This is for Lost uh, Egg Town. And before I start, I actually watched it twice this time because I think these episodes are going to take two watches now uh, to even – thoughts out. So, Accurate. Uh, I also am so excited and so glad that you guys are back. I can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I a couple of quick little things. I noticed that uh, Locke had his knife drawn when he went to go see Ben with the breakfast. And, and then, of course, uh, I, I got confused a little bit thinking that maybe Kate had conned Sawyer but then at the end or towards the end there we realize he says he didn't want him to suspect them both so he played it off like he had been conned so but we get a little bit of mean Sawyer here you know of course he doesn't respond when Kate slaps him so that's a good thing at least but uh so it's it's interesting what's happening with his character in this episode I don't know if maybe they shot these kind of out of order maybe and I'm not sure but uh of course, that ending with seeing Aaron and not knowing exactly when this takes place in the flash forward it leaves us with now we have five of our Oceanic Six, right? We have Saeed, Hurley, Kate, Jack, and Aaron. So we know that Sun is the other, uh, is the last of the six. But uh, um, yeah, so I can't wait to hear this one from you guys. Uh, talk to you later. Thanks, Steve.
1: Thanks, Steve.
0: It's very interesting to note, too. I've, I've had many conversations with Steve um, in between, like, times we record and things like that. And Steve has made mention a number of times that he was one of the people who didn't really... Wasn't too thrilled with some of the things that the show did. Mm-hmm. But since we've done this podcast and he started listening, he's completely come around on the the things that the writers have done, that they were intending to do it, Yay! that... You know he's he he's come around and he's found a new love for the show since we started podcasting. Which I, I love. love
1: that so much. Yeah,
0: it's it's so good that that he's that way. So, um, let's throw out some recommendations for people, and and then we'll we'll get ready to start wrapping things up. But anything you want to recommend to the listeners this week that's new, or you just want to check, want them to check out?
1: Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I well. So I've decided that for November and December, I'm going to reread the entire Harry Potter series. OK, so I'm doing that right now. And that's really fun. It's kind of putting me in the spirit. Um, you know, this year has been really hard. It's been really hard for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, and so my family and I are going to put up Christmas this weekend. Just screw it. And, and here's my thing
0: about that, too. Any other year, I'm the person that's like, no, Christmas does not start after th- until after Thanksgiving. Me too. Me too. Put up your Christmas decorations after Thanksgiving dinner. It's yep. The reason why Santa was at the end of the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving is because it meant Christmas is here. That was what it was bringing in Christmas. Yeah. No Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Like I'm, I've been dead sent on that.
1: I'm tossing it all out the window this year. This
0: is <laughs> that one year. That I'm basically like, look, if it brings you joy, do this it. year we need it, yep. just do it. And just I know people who have already put up their Christmas trees.
1: I just feel like that's the right call for us right yep. now. It's just been, we lost our dog this year. It's just been a real sad state of affairs. And I feel like it would bring us joy. And I just wanted to say, like, if you have had that gnawing feeling that you should maybe just even put up like, some lights or yeah. put up your tree or bake some Christmas cookies or just put on Christmas music. Like, just do it. Just do I, it. I don't it,
0: know about your area, but there are radio stations here in Philadelphia that are already playing Christmas music.
1: No, I live and, in, and I, I'm I totally I fine in, with it.
0: I agree. I like the, the holidays, area. <laughs> the holidays just bring a happiness to people. So if, if it means setting everything up now and extending that period mm-hmm. of time to yeah. bring you joy This is the one year I'm all for it. Just do it. You will not hear me complain one bit Mm -hmm. about people putting up their Christmas decorations. Yeah, that's
1: I'm totally with you on that one. So anyways, I'm rereading uh, Harry Potter uh, and I'm, you know, Mandalorian is back and it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: And it just I have to watch it when we're done recording because it's out the new episode's today on I Friday. I know as, as soon as as
1: soon as Dave comes home from work we're we're all very excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're making steak sandwich paninis and watching uh Mandalorian tonight. I will
0: be there in 8 hours.
1: Very exciting. <laughs> um and we are watching Oh, and I know I'm late to the game on this, but I have been binging hardcore Shits Creek.
0: I still haven't started it yet. Like it's, right. on, it's on my list. I feel right. like I'm going to start it next week.
1: You'll, you know what, Jill, my, uh, my friend, Jill, she started it. We didn't, we talked to each other every single day and I didn't even know that she had started it. She didn't know I had started it, but she started about a week, a week after I did. And she's already about to lap me. Like <laughs> she's just burning through It's so easy to burn through too. It's so funny. Um, yeah, like, I, I'm just like looking for light Emmys. Well, I'm just looking for anything light right now. Yeah. Um, so Shit's Creek has done that for me. And uh, Harry Potter is doing it for me. Um, Mandalorian is definitely doing it for me. Great British Bake Off is back.
0: I need to start uh, watching this which season. Is,
1: which is our family's favorite show to watch together. Oh, oh. And our newest thing Uh-oh. that we're binging which is weirdly addictive and not in 10,000 years would I ever thought that I ever would have liked this show ever Uh oh. alone.
0: I've never seen it. I've heard great oh, things though.
1: My, so we started with the third season. Third season's phenomenal. So we went back to watch the first season and it's a bunch of pansies. It's a bunch of pansies. It's in- a competition show, right? a survivalist competition yeah. show yep. 10 people get thrown into the wilderness with 10 items good luck yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've heard good things about it too and that's another one i need to check out
1: it's amazing i don't know what it's like half of it is watching a train wreck and the other half is like learning <laughs> it's great
0: i um i like you, you. I, I like you have been watching Mandalorian because it's that time of year and I love it. Um, I I will say, uh, I, I, contrary to what some other people think, I I don't know about you, but Fear the Walking Dead this season has been fantastic.
1: I haven't even finished last season and I don't even care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay, there,
0: there is an episode. I think it was episode four of this current season that all I will say is uh I will take a John Dory spin-off in a heartbeat and Garrett Dillahunt needs to be the lead of a series when he's done.
1: Yeah, it look if this was called John Dory kills zombies, I would watch that show. Yeah. But the other characters make me not want to watch that the- show.
0: Episode four of this season is a John Dory centric episode. I'll and, watch that. And Garrett Dillahunt was fucking amazing
1: because yeah, he's amazing. He's in Deadwood and he's amazing.
0: Yeah, he, he's And I need to watch Deadwood, too. That's another show that's on my list. Yeah, um, this is a totally ridiculous show. But when you talk about things that are lighthearted and I'm bringing it up this week because I totally I won this week and I love it. Um, I have watched The Masked Singer since the beginning.
1: <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> it is a
0: totally ridiculous show. And Jill I watches watches
1: that, too. Do you guys
0: text about that? We did during the first two seasons. We're into the fourth season now, and we kind of fell off of that. Oh, you should go back to it. I watch it with my mom. Like my mom comes over one night a week and it's usually on Wednesday nights and the mess singers over. So it's become like our thing as we watch That's it the cutest
1: thing I've ever heard.
0: And like we we try and predict them and everything. And this week. I'm so proud of myself. And like, if you could talk to my mom, you would know how excited I was when I figured it out. I determined when they were voting someone off to reveal them before they were even revealed, before they were even revealed to be the loser of the episode. I'm like, I know who that is. I know from the clues, I know from the voice, I know who it is, I know who it is, and then when the judges go through and they make their final guesses, one of the judges made the same guess as me, and I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy, I heard that voice, somebody else made the guess as well, and then when it was revealed who it was, I was right. I'm like, I'm so excited, like, I'm so happy about that, because it's gotten harder to guess who they are. The first mm-hmm. couple seasons, I actually guessed a couple Isn't of them.
1: Wasn't Tori Spelling in one of them yes, in the she first was. season or something?
0: No, I think she was in last season. Oh, okay. And, they, and the thing that really made me proud about this one is this is the first time they ever had two singers performing together. Mm. So it was either a brother and sister or a boyfriend and girlfriend and husband and wife, but nobody could determine who it was until this episode. And then I heard the voice and spoilers for anybody who's listening. I'm sorry if you haven't watched the episode yet.
1: Just skip but ahead.
0: I would. Yeah, just skip ahead like 10, 15 seconds. But I heard them singing because they took the t- it was three people performing and the two bottoms had to perform against each other. When they were performing against each other, I like I literally I looked away from the screen and my mom's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening. I know that voice. I know that voice. I'm like, it's Clint Black. I know it's Clint Black. It's Clint Black and his wife Lisa. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Who? Clint Black. He's a country singer. Oh, yeah. He's, that's like, why a, I don't he's know. like a legendary country singer.
1: Yeah, I don't know country.
0: Um and when and then one of the Nicole Schlesinger also guessed that too. And I'm like, Okay, even if it's not Clint Black, at least I wasn't crazy. Like Mm -hmm. somebody else guessed it, too. And then when it was revealed that it was Clint Black and Lisa Hartman, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy I got it right.
1: Yay, because
0: that was the first one this season I got right. And I'm like, yes, I finally guessed one this season. Yay. So, but the mass singer is so much fun. Like, it's such a ridiculous concept, but it's taken off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just become fun.
1: You know what? America's becoming a Japanese game show, anyways. So yeah. just lean into it. <laughs> yep. And
0: just accept <laughs> it for what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: the other, I'll make one more recommendation too. Um, it's on, I think it's on FX. I can't remember what channel it's on, but there is a uh, Sons of Anarchy.
1: No. I'm just
0: kidding. Um, if you are a fan of horror, um right now Eli Roth is doing a series called History of Horror.
1: Oh, and we did that last year.
0: Yeah, this is set this is season two. Oh it, cool, it is phenomenal. I yeah, missed it. heard it was one. good.
1: I missed Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero was uh did an episode in season one.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Rob Zombie did an episode
0: and they're all back this season. Oh, cool. Yeah. Rob Zombie's back. Uh, Greg Nicotero's back. Megan Fox, Chris Hardwick. Um,
1: So Greg Nicotero's name's name keeps popping up in the credits of Deadwood and we can't figure out why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Eli Roth's history. If you are a fan of horror, Eli Roth's history of horror is a phenomenal
1: series. Eli Roth is a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he pops up in in some pretty cool places. Like,
0: been, Quentin Tarantino has been in history of horror the season. It's, oh,
1: yeah. He, he deserves was, to be there.
0: Yeah, it's been good. So those cool. are my recommendations.
1: Awesome. Th- these are good. Yep. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. You know what I'd love to know from viewers or viewers, listeners? <laughs> What are people doing for Thanksgiving this year? Thanksgiving is weird. I know it's weird. I know that every, some people are just going to be business as usual. We're not. We're staying home. But I'd love to know how people are getting creative for Thanksgiving if you're not going to be with your family because we're all trying, my family, we're all trying to brainstorm on fun, creative ideas on how to stay connected for the holiday. Mm-hmm. So I'd really love to know if somebody wants to like tell us.
0: You know what? And not only that, I want to tack on to that too. I, I want to know what the listeners would recommend to us.
1: Yeah, me, too. Jill did that. Jill did that, and that was cool.
0: Yeah. Like, what are you as listeners? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you getting into? Like, make some send us some feedback and and tell us your recommendations for us. What do you think we should check out?
1: Yeah, I would love that.
0: Because we've got time on our hands.
1: Yep. (laughs) So I and
0: I and I I need distractions right now. Yeah, me, too. So, um, yeah. So even if you're not going to leave us feedback about like the episodes, send us some messages and
1: let us know what you
0: recommend to us. Mm-hmm. Cause we'd
1: love to hear that. Totally. Totally. Totally.
0: Yeah. Next week, next episode, we are talking about the constant season Desmond. four, episode five with Desmond, which I can't wait. It's such a great episode. Uh, and who knows? I'm going to reach out to, uh, to Des. Maybe we'll have Des back on the podcast.
1: I would love that. I haven't talked to him in so long.
0: Yeah. So we'll see uh, Des. If you're hearing this before I reach out to you, reach out to me you yeah. you 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 know how to contact.
1: We have many threads.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh but that's going to wrap it up. Thank you everybody for listening and subscribing to the podcast and and just being a part of this. We love doing this.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: you know, and we're trying our best to be more constant with it. No pun intended.
1: <laughs>
0: uh you know, it's just an interesting time of history we're living in right now and it becomes complicated sometimes, but Yeah. Uh but we we don't love this any less even if we take some time off so yeah we appreciate you sticking with us yes uh that being said we'll ski you guys further on around the bend or no further down the rat damn it i used the wrong sign off on this podcast son of a bitch he, you messed it up i messed you're it up. stupid <laughs> <laughs> it. oh my god so i before i even sign off i created a new ultimate playlist and yeah. i've added in uh, now I have like Friends, Home Improvement, Parks and Rec, The Office, Community, How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. uh, Third Rock from the Sun, New Girl, um, and I, th- and, and I think there's one other show in there. Oh, Last Man Standing. Very so, nice. Uh, it, I, I it takes like, it, like, it's constantly rotating. You're stupid.
1: You're stupid. <laughs>
0: Anyway, let's hey, try that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's let's try that again. We'll see you further on down the rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye. We have
1: to go back, Kate.
2: We have to go back.